You're listening to Shalise's podcast. Okay, well, let's pray and let's hop in. Well, Father, I just thank you for this new podcast series called Union Police. And I thank you that that is truly one of the nicknames that you've given me. And it rhymes with my name, Shalise, Shalise, the Union Police. And so, Lord, I'm just so grateful that you so many years ago revealed to me the power of our oneness with Jesus, that Christ is in us, the hope of glory, and how life-transforming it has been in my life. And I thank you for just the call of God in my life to be the union police and to help, I don't know, deputize a whole force of union police officers. Father, that live in union with you and see the illusion of separation everywhere and refuse to uh, bow to that. In fact, they enforce the gospel. They enforce uh, union, union f- with with Jesus, Lord. It's the gospel. And I thank you that we have a, our minds, Father, are being renewed. They're being renewed to this reality of Christ in us, the reality that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, the reality that those that are joined to the Lord are one spirit with you, and how that revolutionizes everything. It revolutionizes our relationship with you. It revolutionizes our relationship with ourselves. It revolutionizes the way that we see other people. It revolutionizes what is possible for our lives, Lord. It opens up heaven. It opens up the reality of heaven as an experience right now. And so God, I just pray, Father, for just just supernatural grace to be on this series. I pray that everyone is getting an impartation of their union with you, Lord, and they are stepping into an an experience of oneness, an experience of abiding, an experience of heaven and all that that entails, Lord, an experience of joy and peace and righteousness in the Holy Ghost, that it's changing their disposition. It is changing their outlook. It is changing their decisions, God. It's changing the way that they are showing up in the world and what they are believing is possible. And so I just thank you for incredible fruit coming from this broadcast in people's lives, Lord. Thank you that the Holy Spirit is the teacher and I'm just following his lead. Thank you for just embodying um, uh, this revelation into our, into the very core of our being. I'm asking, Father, that you would help us integrate with Jesus at a subconscious level. And so I just release the power of the Holy Spirit to transform us, the power of the gospel to save us. And I thank you in advance, Father, for all of the miraculous uh, testimonies and all of the miraculous things that are going to come out of this series. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning, you guys. I'm super happy to be kicking off this podcast really with, I mean, this is like my foundational message. This is the this is the the, the meat of, of the gospel that I preach. And I, I love the title of it. Uh, my team and I came up with it because really it is a joke, but people call me the union police. And the reason that they call me the union police is because I, because really a work that the Holy Spirit has done in my life to establish a lens of union with Jesus as a way of life, as a way of being, as a way of reading scripture, as a way of seeing people. And I just want to so much impart this to you guys over the next uh, few episodes of the series and really help you uh, put on your your little you know sheriff's badge too and join me on the Union Police Force uh, because it is a life transforming way to believe, way to live, and so. I don't even really know where I want to hop off. I have so many things in my my mind right now, but 
I think I'm going to kick it off with just an under, just a, a high level view of what is the actual problem. Okay. The problem is that people live with a default belief that they are separate from God. Okay. And what I mean by that is, is that we are all born into families who, for the most part, don't have a, a self image of being one with God. And the truth is we live in a world with full of people that do not have a self image of being one with God and religion at its core perpetuates this deception. Uh, and what I mean by that is, is that there is this thought process, right? That we somehow are independent from God. Okay. Either we're an atheist and we don't even believe in God, right? So we're independent in that delusion, or we are, you know, a whatever, a, a, you know, adherent to a particular religion that is not Christianity. And we have this default perception of God being out there, or we have, we are believers. And when I say that, we're followers of Jesus, but yet so many, a large percentage of believers still operate with this perception that we're separate from God. And so we grow up in a world and even in church where we just are living out of a complete deception of this separation from the Lord. And the way that it works, you guys, is that we, from the moment we're born all the way until we really hear the gospel and we we recognize that Christ is in us, uh, that we recognize we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, really our whole lives up to that point, we are in, we are creating an identity, right? We are creating an identity that is based in separation from God. And we are being programmed through our life experiences into a personality, into an identity that ultimately is a quote unquote independent self. And the independent self, if you will, is really a deception. It is really what the God of this world has blinded us into believing. And this independent self that we, we, you know, believe ourselves to be is a collection of programs. It's a collection of beliefs. It's a collection of, of wounds that we've, of, of, we've acquired over our life. It's a collection of lies that we have acquired over the course of our lives. And we, for the most part, live out of this false identity. And we, we feel out of the false identity. We think out of the false identity. We make decisions out of the false identity. We worship God out of the false identity. We read scripture through the false identity. We exist, in essence, in a false reality. It is called the world system. And gosh, it's a religious system. And we live out of this illusion that we are separated from God. And so it's an illusion because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. Because what Jesus accomplished on the cross, you guys, is best described in Colossians chapter uh, one. And gosh, I don't even know which translation to read it out of because it's all so good. Um, I'll start by reading out of the Amplified. Uh, let me read it out of the Amplified Classic version. So let me go to Colossians chapter one in the Amplified Classic version. So I have to Google it because it's hard to get the Amplified Classic uh, version. And I like the Amplified Classic version just then rather than just the, the, the Amplified version is even different. So let me just start reading here in 
let's go to verse 13. Okay, I'm reading First Colossians. Uh, I'm reading Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 in the Amplified Classic Versions. Here's what it says. It says, the Father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has translated us, transferred us, some people say, some translations say translated, and has transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Verse 14, in whom we have our redemption through his blood, which means the forgiveness of our sins. In verse 15, it says, now Jesus he is the exact likeness of the unseen God, the visible representation of the invisible. He is the firstborn of all creation, underline all creation. Verse 16, for it was in him that all things were created. So all things were created, you guys, in Christ. Jesus created, all things were created in him. It says in heaven and on earth, things seen and things unseen, whether thrones, dominions, rulers, or authorities, all things were created by Jesus and exist through him. How do they exist? They exist through Jesus by his service, his intervention. And it says, and in and for him. I mean, these are really big concepts. It says, verse 17, and he himself who Jesus existed before all things and in, in him and in, in, in Jesus, in Christ, all things consist. The Amplified Classic says cohere and are held together. Okay. Verse 18. He also is the head of his body, the church, seeing he is the beginning, the firstborn from among the dead. So he alone in everything and in every respect might occupy the chief place, stand first and be preeminent. Verse 19, for it has pleased the father that all the divine fullness, the sum total of divine perfection, powers and attributes should dwell in him permanently. Okay, we are describing Jesus right now. And we're de describing the uh, omnipresence of Jesus, the omniscient, uh, omnipotent aspect of who Jesus is, right? It says in verse 20, it says, In God purpose that through, by the service of the intervention of him, the Son, that all things, again, all things should be reconciled back to himself, whether on earth or in heaven. As through him, the father made peace by means of the blood of his cross. Okay, so this is, it. let me just read verse 20 in a different translation. Let me read it. Uh, let me read it in the Passion Translation. Let, just give me a moment. Let me pull it up. And it, again, this is in Colossians chapter 1, verse 20. Here's what it says. I'll start reading actually in verse 18. It says, he is the head of his body, which is the church. And since he is the beginning and the firstborn heir and resurrection, he is the exalted one holding first place in everything. Verse 19, for God is satisfied to have all of his fullness dwelling in Christ. Verse 20, and by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent restored to innocence again. So I'm going to stop here for a moment and I just want to blow your minds with this truth that there is nothing that exists outside of Christ. Okay? 
Nothing in all of creation exists outside of Christ. God was in Christ, it says in a different translation of verse 20, reconciling the cosmos, reconciling the world, reconciling creation back to himself. Okay, this is why the Apostle Paul at Athens, when he was talking to Gentiles and talking to people that didn't believe in God, he says, do you not realize that this God that you're worshiping, this unknown God, is the God that, that, that you live and move and have your being in? That we are all children of God. See, there is nothing that exists outside of Christ anymore. There is no Jew or Gentile. There is no male nor female. There's no division. There's no separation. We have been reconciled to Christ by the blood of the cross, by the work, the redemptive work of Jesus on the cross. On the cross, he became the curse. He absorbed separation. He absorbed sin. He absorbed all of the things that humanity's deception, he, he absorbed those things in the cross and he reconciled us to himself. He translated us out of the kingdom of darkness into the new, into this new creation. What is the new creation? It's Christ. Christ is the new creation. Christ encompasses the new creation. And guys, Christ, Jesus, encompasses the fullness of the Godhead. He encompasses the fullness of God. The deity of the, the divine is in him. And there is nothing that is left outside of Christ. The work of Christ was complete. It was a brand new creation, a brand new kingdom coming into the earth through the personhood of Jesus Christ. And that means all rulers, all authorities, all powers. He's seated all above these things. All authority, all power has been given unto him. He is the preeminent one. He is the exalted one. He holds everything together. He's not just a person. He's fully man. He is the incarnate son of God, but he's also God. And he is in all in all. He fills all in all. Now, the illusion of separation is the problem. And that's why we are called ministers of reconciliation to announce the reconciliation of all things that have been accomplished by Jesus. Because if you keep reading in verse 21, it says, even though you were once distant from him, okay, even though you were once separated from him, it says this, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, so what is it that separates us in our minds? It says we were alienated in our minds in other translations. So even though we were alienated, separated, distanced from God through, we were living in the shadows. We were living in the shadows of our evil thoughts. We were living in the darkness of our evil actions. We, let me say it this way. We were living in the, the shadow of an independent self, independent from God, the epitome of pride. The epitome, epitome of stupidity, but the epitome of pride living separate, like thinking we could exist apart from God, that God is not the creator and the sustainer of all things. And so in our ignorance, in our wounded self, in the, the, the programmed by the world system, fallen man, uh, traumatized world, in that self that that created, we believed we were separate from God. Okay, it says now, it says, even though you were once distant from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, he reconnected you back to himself. 
He released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body as the sin payment on your behalf so that you would dwell in his presence. And now there is nothing between you and Father God, for he sees you as holy, flawless, and restored. Why does he see you holy, flawless, and restored? Because he sees you complete in Christ. He sees you hidden in Christ. He identifies humanity in Christ. Jesus was crucified for the sins of the world. Behold, there's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the whole world. All separation was swallowed up into Jesus. It was swallowed up on the cross. Now, do we know it? Have we pronounced it? Has the gospel been preached to say there's no separation from God anymore? You've been reconciled to God. God is your father. You live and move and have your being inside of Jesus. Is that the gospel that we're preaching to people? Because when they know it, they awaken to it. That's why the apostle Paul in Acts could just start to share the gospel with people. There was not an, there was not an altar call. There was not a, you know, repenting and sackcloth and ashes. No, he just spoke of who Jesus was. And all of a sudden they began to speak in tongues. They just, what happened? The, the manifestation of the finished work of Jesus, they, the light bulb went on. The, they saw the light, just like the light that shined on the apostle Paul on the road to Damascus, the light came on and the darkness and the alienation was removed. And now the, they were experiencing oneness with God. They were experiencing the manifestation of the Holy Spirit that dwelled in, that was dwelling in them without even a real understanding beyond just whatever little bit of information that Paul had just shared with them. They hadn't gone to seminary. They hadn't, they didn't even have the New Testament. They were not studying scriptures. I mean, these were people that knew nothing. These, I mean, the Gentiles were pagans, right? I mean, they, they knew nothing. Right. Remember when Peter was up on the rooftop and he was having this dream that, that God was basically trying to tell him that, you know, you need to tell the gospel to the, to the Gentiles. And he was telling Peter was hungry. He's saying all these unclean, you know, ceremoniously unclean animals were being shown. And he was telling him to rise and eat, rise and eat. And Peter was like, oh, I've never eaten any, unthing, any unclean thing, Lord. And, and what, did, what did the Lord say? What did Jesus say? He said, don't call what I have cleansed unclean. Okay, meaning what? I have cleansed the, the human race of sin. I have taken sin out of the equation of our relationship. It is no longer the defining factor of the human race. Christ is the defining factor of the human race. The problem is, is that we don't know it. Heck, believers don't know it. I mean, we're all being, our minds have to be renewed. We have to let go of the old man, of the independent self, of a self that lives apart from Jesus or, you know, in a delusion that exists apart from Jesus and awaken to the Christ in us. We have to awaken to the, the Godhead who dwells in Christ, who now dwells in us because of what Jesus accomplished for us as us on the cross. His, resur his, his resurrection was our resurrection. We've arisen to new life. Now the question is, do we know it? Do we know it? Okay, I'm going to read another scripture in Colossians chapter 3 that really kind of says the same thing. Um, let me see how the fastest way to get there. 
Um, in Colossians, this is the, the proclamation of the, I love this scripture. It's all highlighted. It's all in yellow. It says this, it, it says, this is the proclamation of, of, of the apostle Paul about what Jesus has accomplished. And it says in verse one, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above for that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, all honor and all authority. Verse two, it says, yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities, not with the distractions of the natural realm. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life. And now your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. And as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed for now you are one with him in his glory. You guys, this is the best proclamation of the gospel that I could ever share with anyone. That Jesus rose from the dead. And when he rose from the dead, you were raised with him. You are now seated in Christ in the heavenly realm and Christ is now dwelling in you. You are fully identified with Jesus. His resurrection was your resurrection. His crucifixion was the crucifixion of that independent wounded self that never existed except in your mind. It was crucified. Now it's time to renew your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on Christ. Put off the old man. Put off the old programming. Put off the trauma and be renewed. Be alive in Christ. Okay? When you see the gospel, when you see who he really is, when you understand what Jesus has accomplished on the cross, reconciling everything to himself, well, guess what? Now you're going to see yourself because as he is, so are you in this world. You are one with God. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. You are a new creation. And this is the best news that could ever be pronounced to the human race. It's why the angels came and said, Peace on earth, goodwill towards men, because Jesus was coming to oh, reconcile and to deliver us from that kingdom of living separated from God, where that was the, that is the darkness. The darkness is in this place of separation from God. We are God's idea and God redeemed us. God rescued us. He translated us. He died as us. He resurrected us without our permission, without us, most of us even being born. This happened from God's perspective before creation. It says in Ephesians chapter one that we were chosen in him before the foundation of the world. That the In Revelation chapter 13, it says that the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world, that it was always God's intent. And it is his will that none should perish, but all should come to the saving knowledge of Christ, meaning that we would all awaken to who we actually are. There is no place to hide apart from Christ. We can, we can be delusional. We can think that we're hiding. We can think that we're running away. We can think that we are separated from God by our sins and by our pride or by this woundedness and this unworthiness and this unrighteousness that's been programmed into us. But even in our ignorance, we are, we are still reconciled to God because it's a completed work. What Jesus finished, he finished once for all. Once for all, 
Through one man's sin, it says in Romans chapter 5, death entered and it it propagated to the whole entire human race. But through one man's righteousness, who Jesus, many have come into the saving grace of God. And so this this gospel, is it takes every bit of human effort out of the equation because this is all about Jesus. This is the greatest exaltation of the cross, the greatest exaltation of the gospel and what Jesus is and and what he's done and and what he has accomplished through his death, burial, resurrection and ascension. We don't have to focus on the independent self. We don't have to focus on what's wrong with this problem with this person when that problem has been dealt with. What we need to be doing is believing the gospel. We need to believe in the reconciliation of Jesus. We need to believe that Jesus did what the scriptures tells us that he did. And now we have to simply believe it and be it. And we be it by hearing it. We b- Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so when we hear the gospel, it awakens us to the reality of our union with Jesus. And Christ in us truly is the hope of glory. Christ in us is our identity. And this separation, you guys, it is a sneaky little sucker. Why? Because we most of us live inside of the constraints of our brain. We live inside of this false dichotomy within our programming and we are underneath our thinking we are underneath our feelings we are living a non-ascended life where we are mere human beings being led carnally being led by the flesh meaning being led by an unrenewed mind being led by our physical senses when we have we are partakers of the divine nature we have activated spiritual senses we don't just have physical eyes we have spiritual eyes we have spiritual ears we have the ability to live interdimensionally. We live with our, we're supposed to be living with focused on throne room realities, obsessed with the completed work of Jesus, recognizing all that he's done and just completely being distracted. I mean, non-distracted by the things that are going on in the heavenly realm. Because I mean, in the natural realm. Because the natural realm is governed, it's sense ruled. It's ruled by programming of a of of people and uh of 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 it's 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 a deceived it's a deception that the natural realm is what's real what's real is christ and we know this because it's eternal it's eternal if you or i just you know keeled over right now and died well guess what's going to be real what's going to be real is our union with jesus what's going to be real is uh what jesus has accomplished because it's eternal. This is an eternal truth of what Jesus has done. And church, our our job is simply to just see everyone the way that God does and proclaim to them that they are chosen, that they have been reconciled, that they were chosen before they ever were born, that they are they are an offspring of God, that they are a child of God, that they are God's idea and that God has chosen to dwell inside of them because He loves them. And that's how humanity was created to function. And as we awaken to this truth, you guys, guess what happens? You become a union police. 
You become a union police because you start recognizing that separation is everywhere. It's preached from our pulpits on Sundays like it's it's good news, and it's not. It's not good news at all. It's depressing news. It's depressing to have to be sin-focused. It's depressing to constantly try to figure out what's wrong with you so that you can fix it, so that you can be pleasing to God, and somehow work up some righteousness apart from Christ so that you can be worthy of something. It's, it's exhausting to toil to try to be good apart from Christ. It's exhausting to try to be righteous and try to perform for self-esteem and perform for acceptance. Those are exhausting paradigms. But when you recognize that it is finished, well, you know what? You can rest. You can step into this thing that it's not really about me. It's about Jesus. It's the life that I now live. I live through the faith of the son of God who who died for me, who, who gave himself for me. And the old man has been crucified. So these old programs that are trying to govern my, my life and these feelings that are trying to exalt themselves against the knowledge of God, I'm just going to take them captive. I'm going to take them captive to the obedience of Christ. I'm not going to allow imaginations and things to exalt themselves against the knowledge of what Jesus has done and who I am. No, I'm a resurrected being. Now, granted, my physical body is going to be resurrected in some day in the future. But right now, I could be like the Apostle Paul who talks about it in Philippians chapter 3. And I can make it my determined purpose to know him. I can make it my determined purpose to know the power of his resurrection. I can make it my determined purpose to live free from the curse, live free from sin, to live as a new creation who is abiding in the vine completely focused on Jesus, completely seeing what the father is doing. And I'm just an expression of, of Jesus here in the earth. You know, I joke about it and say, I'm Jesus in a Shalise suit. Well, so are you. You're not Shalise in a Jesus suit. You're your name in a Jesus suit. And we just need to know it. You know, this is why I think it was so awesome that God had me spend a whole year just on Christ in you, the hope of glory. One year in a scripture. Why? Because he wanted me to get it, that I have a new identity. I have a new way of being and it's oneness with him. And that as I abide in that, as I abide in the word of God, the word of, is Jesus. The word is a person, you guys. The word is, a, is, is Jesus. And as I abide in the word, as I abide in Jesus, well, I produce fruit. What fruit? Well, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of righteousness, the fruit of heaven on earth. How do I do that? Through union with Jesus. And how does it look? It looks like Jesus. It looks like his earthly ministry. If we've seen Jesus, we've seen the Father. If we've seen Jesus, we've seen God. It looks like loving the unlovely. It looks like it looks like not being sin-focused. It looks like not judging people who are worthy to be stoned. It looks like us laying down our lives for people. It looks like sacrificially uh, laying down our lives for people that, I mean, are persecuting us. It looks like washing the feet of the ver- of, of, of so-called enemies. It means loving your enemies. It means, it means l- being patient and kind and, and long-suffering. It means not keeping a, cell, a, a record of wrongs with people. It means not counting sins, the sins of people against them. It looks like unconditional forgiveness where we forgive. We are just living like everyone is actually already forgiven because God has already forgiven everybody. So it looks very, very different. And when you look at the scriptures, especially the epistles through the lens of a, of this gospel, you start to realize that all of the things that, G, that, that Paul is telling us to do, he's not telling us to do them to be righteous. He's not telling us to do them so that we can be acceptable to God. He's saying, because you're one with Jesus, this is who you are. So put off, you know, evil language, put off 
you know, the deeds of darkness. Put off these things because it's not who you are. You're children of light. You walk in the light. You live in the light. You live in the truth. And that is who you are. And when you get it, that's how you be, meaning that's how you act. And so everything comes out of this, this absolute completed work of reconciliation that God has accomplished through Christ for us. And so when you get this, when you really get this, you do become union police because you see the separation. You see it everywhere. And you also begin to recognize how you fall back into it. I mean, really, the Christian life is a series of going, oh, no, I stopped abiding. Oh, goodness, I, I forgot the gospel. And then you just step back in. And it's as easy as just shifting your focus. It's as easy go as going, oh, wait, I'm resurrected. I'm a new creation. Oh, yeah, let me just get back into my new identity. We don't have to fast for 20 days to get back in our new identity. We don't have to do, we just have to remember. We just have to awaken right back to the truth. And if we have to do it a hundred times a day, we do it a hundred times a day. And the more we do it, the more of a habit it becomes and the more that we renew our minds and the more that it becomes a way of being. All of our problems spawn from the master lie that we are separated from God. See, when you have money problems, you really have an identity problem. When you have health problems, you really have an identity problem. When you have relational problems, you really have an identity problem. Every problem stems from the ultimate foundational lie that we are separated from God. Because when you realize that you are one with Jesus, then all of a sudden you look at everything different, right? All of a sudden abundance becomes like, that's true. Why? Because abundance is where God lives. Abundance is the reality of heaven. Well, that's where I live. I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm a joint heir with Jesus. I'm co-ruling with him. And so abundance is my birthright. Abundance is my norm. So now I begin to think like abundant, think abundance. I, I get to get delivered from the fear of running out. I get to delivered from, you know, self-effort of having to perform to, to, to get something. Why? Because it belongs to me in Christ. Same thing with divine health. All of a sudden, when the illusion of separation from Jesus gets swallowed up, all of a sudden, it seems kind of silly to be sick. Why? Because Jesus doesn't have sickness. Heaven doesn't have sickness, right? The trauma starts to, to be like, wait a second, I believed something as a result of what happened to me. But that's not true because I, I'm in union with Jesus. I was never separated. I just didn't know who I was when that happened. And oh my gosh, the person that did that to me, they didn't know who they were either, Man, if we just had wake if we were just awake to that we're one with God, we would have acted and we that whole situation would have gone down different. So the the sin problem is a separation problem. The trauma problem is a separation problem. The disease problem is a separation problem. The money problem is a separation problem. The relational they're all separation problems. And so when we step back into the reality of oneness with God and we begin to renew our minds and focus on throne room realities and the good news and what heaven contains, I'll tell you, you will fall in love with people. You will have permission to feel good about yourself and to love yourself the way that God does. And guess what? All of a sudden you're worshiping God at a whole nother level because you're just so blown away at what Jesus did for you. You just, you're beginning to, oh my goodness, fulfill the great commandment to love God, to love yourself, love your neighbor the way that you, the, the way that Jesus does. And guess what happens? All of a sudden we get to be known by our love instead of our judgment, instead of our sin focus. No, we are just loving people unconditionally because that's how we're loved. 
And we know that, that God sees them different than they see themselves. We understand that the only problem they have is they don't know who they are. And heck, the only way we know who we are is because there was the grace of God that had me listen to this podcast that Shalise put on. So I really can't boast in that. So we just stay humble. We stay humble and realize that, oh my gosh, this gospel, this Jesus, this plan of redemption, it's the best thing that ever happened. It's the best news I've ever heard. And you just start sharing it and you just start loving people into wholeness. You don't worry about sin anymore because you know that when people awaken, when people see the light, that stuff just falls off. We don't, people don't need to hear about that mess. They need to hear that they're resurrected. They need to hear that they're one with God, that God loves them so much that he made them their home and that they can't escape. They can't run from it, even if they try. I mean, I, you know, hell's probably just the fire consuming fire of God, just still consuming them with his love. Now, I'm not going to go there because, you know what, I'm going to hit pet doctrines and people are going to turn me off. But don't turn me off before you're turned on to the reality of union with Jesus. Because once you begin to get it, once you begin to understand it, you will read the Bible different. You will look at every doctrine different. You will look at yourself different. You will look at so-called sinners. The us and them get swallowed up in Christ. There is no Jew. There is no Gentile. There is no nationality. There is no race. There is nothing except love. It's love, 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 love. People try to complicate this. People try to question this. People have a bunch of buts about this. But anything that ends up with a human being being apart from Jesus is not the gospel. Anything that puts something on a human being's effort is not the gospel. Anything a person has to do in order to experience this is is, is not the gospel. Faith is a gift. Belief is a gift. It's all by grace. We can't even have the, the we can't even believe without the grace of God, without the, the, the intervention of the Holy Spirit. This is not about uh, diminishing sin. It's about exalting the cross. It's not about diminishing the problems of men. It is about exalting the solution, which is Jesus. And what we exalt and what we focus on is exactly what we're going to receive. It's exactly what we're going to have more of. And church, it's time for us to get our message right. It is time for us to get our identity right. It is time for us to be an example of what it means to be one with God and to love like God and to look like God so that we can say, if you've seen us, you've seen the Father. If you've seen us, you've seen Jesus. And you guys, this is, this is, this is the call. This is the, the, the end, right? This is the beginning. What is it? It's Jesus. Jesus is the alpha. Jesus is the omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. And he's everything in between. Our lives actually are hidden in Christ. We are stuffed inside of Christ and Christ is stuffed inside of us. This is not just a material reality. This is a a spiritual reality. This is an interdimensional reality. This is a quantum reality. This is a, the truth that is eternal, that will never pass away. Not, this is, this is the gospel and it is the best news that's ever been told. So believe it, you guys. What does it mean to believe the gospel and to repent? It means wake up to your union with God. Wake up to the Christ that is inside of you. Wake up to the reality that you are the very home of God. You are the dwelling place. You are filled with the spirit, filled with the fullness of the Godhead. And that his love is meant to be experienced. It's not supposed to be just a theology or some knowledge that we have in our head. No, Jesus is experiential. He is alive. He is real. He is a person. And he lives inside of you. And he loves you. 
you. He died for you and he made you one with him so that you would know how valuable you are, how loved you are, how perfect you are in his sight so that you could be a representation of how he created you to be, how he recreated human beings to function which is vibrating at the frequency of love, vibrating at joy, loving life, loving people, loving and grateful to be a, to be a part of this unfolding redemptive story where God is who he says he is, that Jesus Christ is the, the payment, the, the payment for sin. And he extracted it out of our identity, out of our spirit, out of who are, we are. And now we are reconciled to God. And not just us, but the entire cosmos. It is all inside of Jesus. This reality is inside of Jesus. And it's we are here living in heaven on earth. And we are simply conduits. We are branches. We are carriers of Jesus, of the kingdom, of heaven. And as we believe it, we manifest it. We leak it. We spread it. We become completely out of our minds and like a completely different kind of human being. We no longer are limited, no longer limited by the limitations of humans. We are limited only by God, which says all things are possible. So beloved, how much fun is this? How much fun do I get to have just sharing the gospel with you guys? How much fun is it to be the union police? How much fun is it to be a minister of reconciliation and to announce this to everyone. I'll tell you guys, we've got to forget most of what we've taught, been taught. We've got to forget some of the things that, that we have been hung up on that have kept us in a cycle of sin consciousness, kept us in guilt and shame and living in a delusional separated self that does not exist anywhere except in our minds. It is time to awaken. It's time to renew your minds to the master key of the kingdom, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So God bless you. I love you. Put this sucker on repeat whenever you need to be encouraged, whenever you need to remember the truth about who you are and watch you do more supernatural, amazing things on accident because you're living in union with Jesus than you ever will do trying to be holy, trying to be good, trying to be something that you already are. So God bless you. Have a massively fruitful and supernatural week. See you soon. Thanks for listening to Shalisa's podcast. This recording is in part made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit Shalise.com where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalise's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose he created you for, then visit us at Shalise.com and watch Shalise's free training where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.